And we welcome you to the Wednesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. It's something of a momentous day here on the morning show because we have with us today in our studios live the big three of higher education here in southeastern Wisconsin. First of all, Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, here for his monthly visit to the program. And with him, his two counterparts uh, from just up the road, the chancellor to the University of Wisconsin Parkside, uh, Deborah Ford, and uh, just to the east of us by the lake, uh, John Swallow, the president of Carthage College. And of course, there is a long history of cooperation and collaboration between these three institutions of higher learning. And that's as a, a tradition that stretches back even before these three, but uh, it is a legacy which they have uh, eagerly embraced and and even expanded and deepened. And we're going to be talking about all of that for the next few minutes. We welcome all three of you to the morning show. We're profoundly honored to have you in our studios today. Thank you, Greg. Good to have you here. Um, President Albrecht, before we get to our, our special guests and to all of that, uh, I know there are a couple of things that you want to talk about, beginning with... Uh, the search for your successor. You, of course, have announced your uh, impending retirement from Gateway, which that will occur uh, a little later this year. And uh, so uh, there is already, of course, a search underway for your replacement. Where is that search at this moment? Well, thank you, Greg, and thanks for asking. And before I say anything, just a big congratulations to you and all of the team at WGTD eight Wisconsin Broadcasters Award last weekend. That is absolutely remarkable. <laughs> I mean, th- I think the best performance we've had in the history of WGTD, so congratulations. Sure. It's just a great credit to the service that you provide here for our community and the quality of work that's being done. So I'm very, very proud uh, that you're located here at Gateway Technical well, College. But, thank you so much. Thank you for your um, support. But you you are true. You're right. Um, we're in the process of uh, succession planning here at, at the college, and um, it's a bittersweet broadcast for me today, too, because it'll be the last time that Debbie and John and I will be on the morning show together. Uh, We've strategically planned this to do it a little bit before uh, I end my term because we don't know exactly when that's going to be. But we also did it on probably the nicest day of the year so far. So everyone (laughs) that's listening is probably in a pretty good mood to hear our comments. No no one had to slog through the rain to get here. Right. Let me start out by thanking our board of trustees. They they always uh, do such a great job of continuing support and advocacy for the role that Gateway plays. And they've established an ad hoc committee chaired by Scott Pierce um, to establish a process for succession planning that is very widely community-based. So there'll be community listening sessions, faculty and staff listening sessions. And of course, uh, they'll continue that process of introducing candidates to the community so that we so that we feel comfortable in, in the succession planning and that people have had a chance to voice their interest uh, for the succession of Gateway. The consulting firm that we are using is Greenwood Asher. They are highly recognized in this field, and they will be on campus next week to meet with our board to begin the process of identifying the key characteristics of the next president. I'll be totally interested in that to see, <laughs> see if we met any of them in the past, but they'll follow that up with meeting our executive leadership team and then, of course, with our faculty and staff and really start to gather some insight to how Gateway has progressed over the last uh, 16 years and what it looks like for the future and how those elements will play into the selection of the next president. So right now, it looks like it'll be um, early fall before we're able to get to the point where we have some new candidates. We want to make sure we take enough time. And of course, over the summer months, it's hard to get everyone together. So 
It's going to take a little bit longer through that, but for me, I will enjoy every moment as I have in the past of of uh, my time here at Gateway, and I'm spending a lot of time in the classrooms and labs uh, meeting students and, of course, uh, reminiscing with faculty and staff on some of the remarkable progress we've made here at Gateway. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I'm just curious, is, has a decision been made that uh, you will only step away from the desk when a successor is named and in place, or is it possible that there will be some sort of acting president in an interim period? Yeah, the plan right now is that I will stay president until we actually appoint a new president. So uh, no interim, no acting. Um, Hopefully everything will stay well and I'll still be healthy enough to continue that on. But if we stick to the timeline that our consultants are working on, by the end of the summer, early fall, we should have some pretty strong candidates. And we have some great people in our own community, including uh, those right here at Gateway that are highly qualified for this role. But a national search will give us at least the identification of what else is available, you know, that helps support community and technical colleges and who might be interested in coming to uh, southeast Wisconsin. So that's an important part of the process. Um, I, I will stay on as uh, an advisor for as long as the next president uh, deems appropriate. Um, after the second day, they might say, we've seen enough of you, Brian. I'm, I'm okay with that. But certainly one of the keys to success, and I know Debbie and John will, will share this as well, is the ability to be able to call on those that have um, preceded you because they have the networks, the community, and, of course, the history of why decisions were made. And uh, if you can gain a little bit of that insight, it just really helps the runway so much smoother as you begin to implement new strategies and new ideas. And that's what new people are supposed to do. So Very I'll be good. here to support them. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I know that you are excited about a new program uh, that involves faculty engagement something that's been really important to you for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, it was my last goal a year ago as president of Gateway to develop a strong culture here at Gateway. I think that's probably one of the driving elements. If you look back and say, you know, what do you remember most about the college? Certainly programs and facilities and community outreach is really important, but the people you leave behind is probably the most important. Those are the ones that you create the strongest memories with, and you've spent uh, time in the trenches with to try to get to all of those big milestones. So we've implemented a program called Interest-Based Dialogue, which is really expressing the ideas of each individual Um, What is your interest in the success of Gateway? How can we help support you in that interest? And how can we collectively as a college better evaluate our programs and services in making sure that they not only meet our interests as employees, but the interests of our customers, our students, our our employers, our community at large. So I'm excited about it. So far, we've had workshops and people are really highly engaged. And it's an uplifting process because it is also a fun process because we're learning a lot about each other that maybe we didn't know until we've had a chance to, to meet people on a more personal level. Fantastic. Finally, I know you're excited about something that happens tomorrow, the opening of the Lincoln Building. Tell our listeners where the Lincoln Building is and what it is. Yeah, it's a great story because it's probably one of the first things that I wrote down um, now 16 years ago when I came to Gateway. We need to fix this building. (laughs) And it took 16 years to get there. So tomorrow we will cut the ribbon on what was once known as the main building in Racine. It, uh, it's an iconic building. It was built uh, in the early 70s, and it looked like a tower. It was used as an office space uh, for most part, and there were a few programs in there over the years. It became quite deteriorated, and uh, no one wanted to go in there and have their office, so <laughs> it was empty for a few years. And we debated back and forth and, and consulted with uh, our architects and, of course, our board of trustees. You know, you take a building down in today's market, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to reestablish that building. So under the leadership of Jeff Bridelman at Partners in Design, um, we recast that building with a new life and a new vision, and it's now a 
a human patient simulation training center for healthcare programs. That spurred the idea of expanding our healthcare to a full associate degree program on the Racine campus, like we have here on the Kenosha campus. Opened up 126 new nursing slots, of which all are filled already. Um, wow. It's been renamed the Lincoln Center for Health Careers, and it's uh, I call it the window to uh, the, to the community because it's all glass and it's mm. just absolutely stunning. And when people have a chance to see it tomorrow, ribbon cuttings at one thirty. It's open to the community. We hope people come out and take a look at it. I think you'll be impressed with the quality of service that we're providing our students, but more importantly, the investment we've made in our facilities and making sure that we maintain that capital investment that people have made for decades here in uh, Southeast Wisconsin. Fantastic. I should add, I have. Fond memories of that building because that's where my interview was, where I was hired here at Gateway 36 years ago. Oh, so that's before great. Before the building had deteriorated as alarmingly as you described. Yeah, so. I actually met quite a few people in the community that have had some memory of that building. Yeah. It also was used um, sort of an open house space when the, there was an art fair down on yep, the Lincoln absolutely. Park. So that building mm-hmm. became quite iconic for mm-hmm. using the restrooms mostly, but, right, right, <laughs> but right. it let people in. We have the original watercolor of that building, which is beautiful. We've had it reframed, and oh. uh, it will hang in the new building, and there will be a little marker in there that signifies the history of uh, that campus, and that is one of the first buildings uh, on the lakefront. So, Excellent. Wonderful. Lots to celebrate. Well, again, we are so pleased that we have your two counterparts with us today, uh, Chancellor Deborah Ford from the University of Wisconsin Parkside and President John Swallow from Carthage College. Again, we welcome both of you. It's great to have you here and, of course, with President Albrecht today. Welcome. We're so glad to be here. Thank you for having us. And it what is, a treat to be together <laughs> and to be with you, Greg, on your show. And it is a busy time, I know, for all three of you. So, uh, so first of all, uh, I know that this relationship with President Albrecht is not just a professional one, but really has been something of a, a friendship as well. And, uh, and it strikes me anyway as something that is not necessarily all that common. Uh, it seems like it is an uncommonly close and cordial relationship. And again, it predates all of us in this room. Uh, there is a long legacy of that, but it's obviously meant a lot to, to each of you. How would you each describe this relationship with President Albrecht and, and the relationship between the three of you? And what kind of a difference do you think that's made to you and your respective institutions and, and the community? Well, first and foremost, uh, it's, you're right. It is a friendship and colleagueship. And I agree. I think it's rare that the two-year technical college partner, the four-year private college partner, and the four-year university partner get along as well as we do, but we really do get along extremely well. And we see that collaboration not only benefits our institutions, but certainly benefits the community at large. And so when I was thinking about this question, I was remembering when I arrived uh, here at UW-Parkside that Brian was one of the first people to reach out to me, Hmm. invited me to lunch, um, made sure that we set um, really an agenda of collaboration at that point. Uh, Then uh, with uh, John's predecessors, we would have breakfast every so often. So some of my favorite memories are the breakfast meetings that we would have. And so here we are again, you know, related to that. But uh, the other things are is that as, you know, you get to know a community, and I'm not from the area, Anytime I went into an event, Kenosha, Racine, Milwaukee, you know, Northern Illinois, Brian was there. So he was always Mm -hmm. a familiar face. I could always count on him um, and always a listening ear. So when I needed some advice or I needed to understand some things that I didn't 
really understand or, or maybe didn't know what I didn't know, <laughs> I could call on Brian and he would help me. Um, and I think what we have been able to do together for students, wow, wow. And that's where that's where the real measure of our success and our relationship comes in. So thank you, Brian, for everything. Well, and you are leaving big, big shoes uh, to fill uh, for your successor, um, not only for Gateway Technical College, but certainly this partnership and our community. You're very kind, Debbie. This is, I don't want this to be an emotional show at all, but I just want to thank Debbie as well for her continued advocacy. I remember the very first time that we met. Uh, in that case, Debbie did have to do a listening tour around and meet the community members. And from the very beginning, she spoke about the importance of the collaborative spirit of higher education and that Parkside wasn't going to thrive unless Gateway and Carthage and Herzing and all of us collaborated on that. And it still holds very true today in her vision and expectations for the relationships that we have. And I'll just say on those breakfasts, they became a little competitive for a while. Like we would invite each other to the different campuses and say, look what our culinary <laughs> program can do. <laughs> so we're going to have one more yet before uh, the end of the uh, term here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're actually going to go out into the community, though, this time to uh, have that breakfast. Ah, That's right. Okay. That's right. Very good. President Swallow, what would you like to say on this? I would say it's certainly been meaningful to me when I got here to have the colleagueship of, of these two. And I do know that uh, it's historic. It's gone on for some time. Uh, but it it is so much uh, the result of a blossoming when you have great people uh, in Brian and Debbie. Um, I mean, I just can't imagine anyone more gracious or friendly. Uh, and I know um, when I got here that there were questions I had, both about history <clears throat> here in Kenosha but also about some issues, uh, how, how to deal with them, uh, what would likely work and not. And, I mean, there's never been a question I've asked that I haven't gotten a great response to, and I really value that. Mm. And so I want to thank Brian for that for all those years, and I want to thank Debbie for that. Um, the breakfasts are good too, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we have Zoom calls instead of breakfasts, but it's really been helpful. And I would say that the modeling um, that we're doing of collaborating together is helpful for our staffs sometimes mm -hmm. who think that you know somehow um, you know we're all competing, um, and I pr I suppose you could see it that way if you really want to. But really, we're trying to grow the pie, more students in education, and so what Debbie said right there at the beginning all those years ago uh, is true that it's going to be beneficial for all of us and all of our students if we collaborate more. Yeah, absolutely. And and John has just been a remarkable addition to our community. And I'm sure that our folks already recognize that he and his wife, they both are actively engaged in so many ways, whether it's the economic development components, our regional higher educational alliance that we're striving to bring even more college and universities together. But I would say to a person that I know, you couldn't find a more truer person. He acts upon what is important for the community, and he stands by those values. And um, it is so engaging every time we've always had a chance to go to Carthage because you feel that energy and you feel that uh, inspiration and that leadership that he brings to our community. So, John, we're glad to have you with Thank here. you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, Chancellor Ford, I want to be sure to ask you about something called the uh, Liberal Arts Pathway, which you have been championing and uh, you testified before the UW uh, Board of Regents on why you thought this would be really important for Parkside. Uh, just briefly explain what this is and 
why you see it as so beneficial for your school. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And uh, one of the things I remember when I first came to UW Parkside and met Brian, we talked about articulation agreements between our institutions. So how do we make credit transfer more seamless for our students? And uh, we did that within the constraints that we had, uh, but from our governing boards, um, but realized that really the smoothest pathway was going to be to work in partnership with Gateway Technical College so that they could actually award the Associate of Arts and the Associate of Science uh, degree. So in October of this past year, we both attended the Board of Regents meeting um, and uh, asked them to approve the uh, Gateway's ability to award the Associate of Arts and the Associate of Science degrees that makes credit transfer easier, provides, I think, improved 2 plus 2 degree pathways uh, for our students. And as we've talked about, we are all members and active leaders in the Higher Ed Regional Alliance because we want to increase college and university attainment in our region. It is lower than the rest of the state. It is lower than the Midwest. So we have some room to grow. And new academic pathways like this make that happen. So, Mm. Brian, a tip of the hat to you uh, for your leadership in making this happen. This one was a long time coming, (laughs) but we got there. And now um, we're going to have more students complete their associate degrees here at Gateway Technical College and then go on to four-year colleges and universities. I hope it's UW-Parkside, but I also know Carthage has great programs that will accept these students as well. Absolutely right, Debbie. I I try to remind our staff and our team here that it's like laying a new cornerstone. So in 1911, the Racine Continuation School was the first cornerstone for Gateway. In the 1970s, it was uh, a cornerstone laid to create the technical college system for the state. In the 1990s, it was transitioning to the Wisconsin Technical Colleges, and now this is another cornerstone to help build that relationship with the universities. And um, I will say that for over 10 years, we've advocated to our state system and to the regions that this was a necessary um, next step, and it took Debbie. Honestly, it did because it it was not easy for us to be able to figure out how do we get all of our teams to agree that this is the right direction to take. And at some point, someone has to stand up and say, we're moving in this direction, right? And uh, she was willing to do that and put together a great proposal our teams did that was highly um, recognized by the regents and it was voted on unanimously. So just extremely proud of that. And since that time, all the technical colleges have been approved now to offer these degrees. So that is a major shift in the in the historical positioning of Wisconsin's higher educational institutions. Very good. President Swallow, what about Carthage and its connection to Gateway and, and some of the ways that have been described? Is it comparable or a little bit kind of a different relationship? How would you characterize it and how has that relationship changed? What maybe new programs have, have come about during your time at Carthage that have made that an even healthier relationship. Yes, we've continued to deepen some of the partnerships that have started with some new articulation agreements. Uh, I was just looking this morning. Um, so fire medic and paramedic, um, paramedic um, technician could come into Allied Health with one of our programs or um, a network specialist or cybersecurity um, software developer could come into our computer science program. So uh, these, are, these are recent. These are important. These are what we call 2 plus 2 programs. Uh, and we would love to have more. Um, I think there's going to be continued work that we're going to need to do um, as we understand students and what they need. Uh, so something I continue to reflect on is that many Gateway students are part-time as opposed to full-time. Most 
Carthage students are full-time as opposed to part-time. And so um, I don't want to see that as a barrier. What I want to do is see how we can continue to offer programs that allow more students to flow from one institution to another. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad for the work we've done. Mm -hmm. um, Brian has always been uh, willing, helpful uh, for any sort of agreement, uh, honestly, uh, willing to put his support behind it. And then we're going to need to do more uh, with your successor. And so I'm glad for what you've started. Well, and it is just the beginning. Uh, you may recall a year or so ago we announced the STEM Scholars Program, which is a direct oh, feeder yeah. system into, into Carthage. Um, I also know that our nursing program, as Carthage expanded and opened a new nursing program, um, Vicki Ardeen serves on the advisory committee for Carthage, and so I know that there's a great relationship there. It's important to have that relationship with our faculty and our staff so that they can help inform our students on how those pathways work and take advantage of those. And with the new engineering programs, I know that there's going to be continued growth in that area. So it is historical in some ways, but um, I think what I'm hearing from Debbie and John, hopefully our audience will hear from me at times too, that it's not about what we're doing today. It's about how we position ourselves for success tomorrow. And uh, that means those students that are currently in our program need to start thinking about where do I go from here? Is it a job? And what kind of job is it in our community? Is it, you know, the next level of education? And how do I take advantage of what I've learned? So many different ways in which we can continue to grow. Hmm. For those of you just joining us, today is the monthly visit of Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. But uh, far beyond that, we also have his two counterparts with us as well, Chancellor Deborah Ford from the University of Wisconsin Parkside and John Swallow, the president of Carthage College. Uh, president Swallow, uh, we should take a moment and have you give uh, an even sort of wider picture of President Albrecht's impact on the region, because at the moment you are chair of uh, the aforementioned HERA, the Higher Education Regional Alliance. And so, uh, in a sense, and of course, that's something that all three of you are a, are a part of, but I suspect that this gives you uh, maybe a perspective on how Brian's impact and Gateway's impact in this whole region has been so substantial. Absolutely. So in the same way that Debbie and Brian were just talking about the uh, the liberal arts pathway and then how that's now taken over for the whole state, uh, there's another way in which um, southeastern Wisconsin continues uh, to lead the region, and that's that the Higher Education Regional Alliance is really um, a way of seeing what we have, the three of us, uh, on a larger scale in the seven counties around Milwaukee. Uh, and so started by Mark Money at UW-Milwaukee, it's been just tremendous to try to uh, see ourselves as a system, frankly, uh, serving over 140,000 students in the seven counties. And then just as we've talked about with the articulation agreements and so on, how can we improve college access, uh, completion, how can we have the right programs to offer, and how can we have a bridge to employers? Uh, Brian has been a leader on our Goal 3 group, which is the bridge to employers. And I will say that you know no one is as connected as Brian Albrecht, to employers. It's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking right. about the entire Higher Education and Regional Alliance. Um, he you. seems to know everyone. He seems to know new news before everyone else knows it. <laughs> and so that's, and he's been so gracious in helping all the institutions uh, try to respond. Um, we all want to respond. We all want to do better. And we all can do better. Uh, but um, there are, frankly, different relationships that different inst institutions have with employers. And so deepening all of them matters. And so uh, we're going to miss Brian on that. So, Brian, maybe you won't be able to leave. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> maybe we'll have to create another position for you. But it's really been enormous impact for Thank you. HERA. You know, what's interesting about it is that I think it helps to define the uniquenesses of the 
different higher educational institutions. So Gateway's history is occupational training. So mm -hmm. there's a natural affiliation with the employers and the needs of the employers. That's the type of student that we we provide for the region. And um, as it expands over the years, and we think about, you know, it's no longer about a high school diploma. It's no longer maybe about a diploma or a two-year degree. How do we continue that lifelong learning into a four-year, bachelor's, master's, doctorate, whatever it might be? All of those continuums are important. And that's probably the biggest shift that I've seen in creating the awareness and here has helped bring a lot of learning together because even though we've had these institutions for, well, Carthage 175 years, right? Gateway 111 and Parkside's uh, 53 now, I think. Yeah. So yeah. So history is, a, is there, but and if, if you add the other institutions, you know, that history has served us well to a point, but our economy and our communities have changed and we've got to change with it. For sure. So I, I want to add something about the Higher Ed Regional Alliance because the three of us were key leaders in helping to get it started. Mm. And uh, so I think a lot of our colleagues, they look to see what's happening in southeast Wisconsin, a little further in the, the southeast part of our state, um, for this model. And so, mm. of course, John is the chair of the Higher Ed Regional Alliance, and then Brian is leading Goal 3. I have the good fortune to be able to lead Goal 1 and uh, on educational attainment, but it's because of their involvement that, you know, we can all three be key leaders in this effort. And again, it's good for our region. It's really good for this community. And uh, folks, look, right here and see what's happening between Gateway Carthage and UW Parkside. So I mm. think that's just another demonstration of the collaboration that we have. Mm. So. A sterling example to follow. Um, Chancellor Ford, I learned a little about Parkside's history that I didn't know before today. That is, uh, I guess I did know that once upon a time, a long time ago, you were actually just a two-year UW extension. And of course, now you're a four-year comprehensive university. But Beyond that, back in the days when you were an extension, you were located on what is now the Racine campus of Gateway Technical College. I did not understand that connection between uh, these two institutions and that shared history. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, we were two two-year centers, UW-Kenosha, that was located where Bradford is today, and UW-Racine, which is located where you. Uh, uh, Gateway Technical College in Racine is located near the Lincoln Building, right. I believe, yeah. right? And we were Kenosha Technical Institute, located downtown Kenosha, and Racine Technical Institute, which is now the um, the, the uh, Law Enforcement Training Center for Racine. Hmm. Oh, wow. So think about the yeah. history, right? <laughs> I mean, I think we have to remember our history and how we got here. Um, for um, What that means in terms of this relationship is that um, this part of the state has always had and, and for over 50 years when Carthage moved here right before Parkside was established, the, these great higher ed institutions and for a community of our size to have the three types of higher ed available, um, it's, it's really unheard of. Oftentimes you have one institution in a community this size, but we have all three, mm. I think, which is great. And so what does this mean? It's that for our students, it's more pathways. Um, it's the, uh, the best of all types of higher ed. And when UW Parkside and the community leaders of both Kenosha and Racine really fought to make sure that we had a four-year university, not just two two-year centers that really competed a little bit with the technical college system at the time. They wanted to reduce duplication, and they wanted pathways to the four-year degree. So I, you know, as I say, we stand on the shoulders of the giants uh, who preceded us, and we just have the opportunity to advance it forward. Yeah, I agree. It's a remarkable history, and I think it's so unique, but also creates... It 
a specialty around it in mm-hmm. that uh, we're able to have the hard conversations that are necessary because people before us also challenge themselves to do better. And so every day we're trying to think of how can we continue the relationship and continue to expand and share programs and ultimately, you know, impact the region and the community in so many, so many unique ways. Mm-hmm. President Swallow and Chancellor Ford, I'm, I'm happy to have you chime in as well. Um, we're, we're talking about the three institutions in pretty much rosy terms only as collaboration and cooperation and friendship and so on. But of course, uh, another C word is competition. And there is one sense in which the three schools are also competitors for, uh, frankly, a, a shrinking pool potentially of, 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 uh, of 18-year-old young adults in terms of the traditional college student. Um, what place is there for competition or competitiveness between the three institutions? Do you see that as a healthy thing, as an unavoidable thing, as something that we need to be careful about? How, how do you see that in terms of this relationship between the three schools? Well, first, I'll say there are many activities we do that are uh, you that are not really competitive. And the first one that comes to mind is the work that we do beca- uh, to share practices on how students can retain better. So students who start college, it's in all of our interest for them to continue. Um, we could worry, I suppose, that they're going to transfer to one of the other ones, but uh, that's actually fairly unlikely. And we want them to continue all the way and finish the degree program they started. And there's been lots of interchange, I would say, across our three institutions and all of HERA about that. And that really drives mm. folks to the table. So it's a shared interest. Good for students, good for the institutions, good for everyone. So, yes, on the front end, on the admissions end, you could say there's some competition. Um, although I, I remember um, that there are many, many different families with many, many different needs. Uh, students come um, with different ideas about their future. Uh, they come with different backgrounds and resources. Uh, what Debbie said is, is absolutely right, that the diversity of institutions means that students have many choices. And so for different students... Uh, it's simply going to make more sense to come to one institution over another uh, and then maybe later go to another one. Um, you know, there, there are families that choose one of our institutions who aren't thinking about the other two. That's absolutely the case. And then there are families, and I, I've met them, that are choosing among them. Mm. And uh, again, I, I think that if we're doing our job right and we're looking toward the future, we know that more people, as Debbie said, are going to need more education simply to get up to the state and Midwest average. Uh, we're not going to progress very far if we spend too much time on competition because what we really need is more people flowing through the system. Mm-hmm. So it should be the case that we're all growing. And reminding people of that, you know, it's not a zero-sum game, uh, is exactly where we should be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Greg was going to ask about our mascots because that's the competition <laughs> that I see. When you get Rudy the Red Hawk and Ranger Bear and Firebird together, look out. There's some heat get the going ugly, on there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's one of the really fun things that we have is that – the. You call it competition, but it's really the the spirit of the institutions, whether it's the spirit of Gateway's programming um, or whether it's an event that's taking place over at uh, Parkside or something special, you know, industry forum that's happening at Carthage. You feel that type of energy. And John, John just described it exactly right. The different market spaces for higher education and the closer you can align those, it's like – why does, you know, Hardee's build across from McDonald's? Because we're trying to capitalize on a broader market space, and that's what we're trying to do here. Absolutely. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about students and providing those pathways, but I think this also provides opportunities for our employees. 
We mm. want to keep our graduates in this region, right? And we have a number of our graduates who work for Gateway and for Carthage and vice right. versa. Mm. And so I think – and. Competition, I don't see as necessarily bad. Um, there are times when we have a partnership with Carthage that we don't have with Gateway, and we celebrate that. Um, but we recognize, and we can all find the unique ways to come together. Uh, so that's that's what I think about, it. and I, I think I value all of those pieces um, as the whole and the collective. Very good, uh, Chancellor Ford. I know you are very excited about uh, some of the numbers at Parkside in terms of of this class that is about to graduate and so on. And I think President Swallow has some happy numbers as well. But let's start with you uh, in terms of where Parkside is right now as you complete yet another school year. Yes, well, um, our commencement ceremonies will take place on Saturday, May 14th. And again, as I reported when I was here a few weeks ago with you, that I thought it was going to be another record-setting graduating class, but this is a historic high for UW-Parkside in terms of the number of May graduates. It will be the most um, folks receiving a graduate degree or master's degree from UW-Parkside. Again, that's part of our overall plan. And uh, I think it will be a record high graduates when you look at the entire academic year. Uh, So we are excited. Uh, This means more ready talent uh, for our region. And uh, and I met with some of our graduates uh, last evening, some scholarship recipients uh, who are finishing. And wow, wow, I just have to say, I am so excited for them and excited uh, for what our graduates will have done and will continue to do. I don't know if you remember this, Greg, but uh, we are back now at Parkside with Gateway as well. So through COVID, we've had a virtual commencement, and then we had an outdoor commencement ceremony. But uh, next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be back at the university and be able to celebrate our graduates at UW-Parkside. So we're just really grateful to have the facilities and the resources available, but we get to build off the excitement that uh, Debbie's commencement will bring. Brian, there'll be a new look at UW-Parkside because Gateway's commencement will be in the DeSimone Arena. I saw that. It's yes. beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, talk it. about competition. We yeah. need a basketball program. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty nice. That's right. Very good. Uh, President Swallow, how about uh, the numbers at Carthage at the moment? So we've been growing in our first-year class the last couple of years uh, through COVID, which is really quite remarkable. Um, so it, I can't say that it's translated to um, the highest number of graduates yet, uh, but we're really quite excited about that. Um, and I would say the fact that we were able to grow a bit means that, like we've all said, we're learning how to serve students better over time. Uh, so that's an exciting moment. Um, as engineering gets off the ground, we expect to grow even further, um, and that certainly won't. It's one of the biggest bets we're placing, but it certainly won't be the last one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, commencement's already been mentioned, and it'd be great to hear from each of you about what commencement is going to look like, uh, given the fact that, of course, thanks to COVID nineteen, uh, the last couple of of commencements have been. Uh, uncommon, let's say, uh, different from any commencement celebrations that that occurred before that. So what does commencement 2022 look like for your respective schools, President Swallow? We got very creative during COVID and uh, landed on an approach that we're simply doing again, not for COVID, but because it was so exciting to the families. And so that is to um, remind ourselves what we really want to achieve, which is to have a formal event where we recognize uh, people who are distinguished and have uh, speakers. And then also uh, we want that special moment for a family with as many people as possible where they see the student awarding the degree. So what happened during COVID was that we split those two things up. 
And so we're going to do that again. Uh, on the Friday, we're going to have a formal event, a distinguished speaker, give out uh, distinguished alumni awards. Uh, Nick Pinchuk will receive an honorary degree and be our distinguished speaker. Um, but uh, that won't take too long. <laughs> this was getting to be four hours the way yeah, we did right. it before. And so then over the next two days, uh, families will come in groups of eight or ten in, in a timed way, uh, go through some of our buildings, spend some time thinking, learning about the Alumni Association, taking some selfies, and then they will end up in the chapel where they receive the degree in front of their family. Um, and so yours truly is probably going to be standing for 13 hours over two days. But I have to say that it just makes the two days just a day-long party. So uh, families are outside the chapel. They're having something to eat. They've been with their loved one as the loved one receives a degree. Uh, I had a dad last year call. and I wish this happened a lot for, for a college president. It doesn't happen that often. Dad calls, leaves a positive message on the phone, <laughs> and then calls back to make sure we got the message. Oh, very he nice. said he had such a great time, and he just wanted me to know. And so we're going to do that again this year. We're very excited about it. Well, yeah. that's great. Yeah, so it's a walk-through commencement, and it's it's actually you, – you did a great job of describing it, but it really is hard to describe kind of visually how – the the, uh, the buildings are transformed, so they kind of walk through this and see different things on screens, and there's lighting and music and so on. But it's a surprisingly intimate experience versus you know sitting in a huge crowd of thousands. And, yeah, the, in the, by the end, it's it is you know tailored, customized, very individual for the students. So at, at one point, and at the other point, the whole class is gathered together for a very formal part. So we're trying to do both at the same time. Yeah, really, really interesting. So UW Parkside, uh, with this uh, large group of graduates, uh, what will commencement look like now for 2022? So it will look more like 2019. Ah. Uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, two ceremonies, as we have traditionally done in May, but it looks like if this keeps growing, it'll have to be three in the future. Wow. Um, Wes Saber from Haribo will be our speaker. Hmm. He was scheduled to speak in May of 2020. Uh, so he will be uh, speaking uh, to our graduates, sharing um uh, his words of wisdom and congratulations. We also will be awarding our outstanding graduates and Chancellor's Award recipient um, honors. So the Chancellor's Award recipient will speak, uh, Kelly Burke, who's actually receiving four degrees. I'm not sure how she has done that, but there's actually four different majors uh, that she has pursued as an adult learner. She's a remarkable young woman. Uh, and then um, Friday evening, we will actually do our academic honors and award ceremony, and then commencement will be on Saturday 9 o'clock and 2 o'clock with receptions um, just after uh, for selfies and, and activities and final goodbyes. And um, it, it's just it's going to be great. And I'm happy to report that Mike Falbo, uh, president, the interim president of the UW system, who is a UW Parkside graduate and honorary degree holder from UW Parkside, uh, he will be joining us for the afternoon ceremony. So it'll be nice oh. to have him in his official uh, capacity with UW system. So uh all celebration, all week mm, at yeah, Parkside. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, similar here at Gateway, uh, Greg. So we have um, program celebrations going on currently. So nurse pinning programs, surgical tech pinning, law enforcement graduations, and then our big commencement celebrations will take place next week, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be more traditional like 2019, although we've split it into two groups. We have 1,400 graduates this year. So the first day we'll take two of the schools, the second day we'll take the other two, and we'll uh, fill the arena over at UW Parkside with family and friends and really celebrate, of course, that, that milestone moment. Um, but similar, we'll have activities for alumni, and Morna Foy, our system president, will be joining us for our uh, commencement ceremonies. And I would just add this caveat. 
it will be my last commencement experience as well as Zena Haywood, our provost. Uh-huh. Right. So we're really going to be um, a little emotional, honored, and all of the things privileged to be able to award diplomas one more time to a graduating class mm. here in, in, at Gateway. That's going to be meaningful. Yeah, yeah for sure. I want to tie a couple of questions together, and I wish we had more time to explore this. As you look to the future in terms of your respective institutions, I'm sure rolled into that future is the fact that uh, we are all collectively facing this uh, workforce shortage uh, or work, worker shortage, uh, and it's everywhere and uh, affecting so many aspects of our, of our collective life. So uh, as you look to your institution's future, how do you see your particular schools playing a role in kind of helping us kind of navigate this new world in which we're living? I'll start uh, and uh, put on the hat that I, I wore until just a couple of weeks ago, which was a chair of the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, hmm. uh, to say that we all have a lot of work to do, actually. Um, so this southeastern Wisconsin region that we've been talking about uh, was overperforming the state, outperforming for a number of years. And then in the last decade, we've fallen short in terms of um, you know, population growth and some income growth. And so we know we have what it takes to get back, but we'll, we'll need to do some thinking about that. And so the three institutions here are definitely part of that. Uh, education is going to drive the economy uh, in partnership with our business uh, colleagues to figure out what it is we need to do. So the workforce shortage, yes, is, is out there. Um, I think there's some things that we can do right here in southeastern Wisconsin with building programs. Um, and I don't think we need to wait for uh, these solutions to come from uh, national government or even state government because I think we have what we need to do here. But it is going to take some work. And so we here, the three of us, will definitely be continuing to align programs, have access for students, but we will also need the help of others if we're going to get back to the place where we're outperforming the state. Mm. And I would add to that because I think that's a really good place to sort of align with Kenosha Area Business Alliance looking at the world of work. Um, But think about what we've learned during the past two years from this global pandemic. Mm. And technology has accelerated, some have said, 10 years in in two years. And and so I think we need to continue to listen uh, to students and how they want to learn. Uh, we have to adapt our curriculum and our delivery of curriculum um, in new ways. Uh, we have to look that the way uh, people work is very different and what's on the horizon. And so I think the partnerships that we have established will only position us to continue uh, to enhance what we do as educational leaders and as folks who really, I think, support and drive the economic um, and community needs. And that's what the universe, I mean, our partnership as higher ed leaders is not just about preparing this next generation um, for the world of work and to be the community leaders, but the quality of life in our communities. We are really, uh, I, I would say, um, sort of bedrocks of the community of life uh, here in southeast Wisconsin. And so I think that's what we have to look to um, and continue uh, to lead and and to engage. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, you think about what John has <coughs> described as sort of the key role that higher education can play into establishing a strong economy. That's been, that's been our history for the last century and will continue to grow, and we are in a new position to look at new types of economy build-outs 
Debbie's ideas of how does work happen and the infrastructure, the technology, the adaptation, and the expectations of higher education. Underpinning all of that, I would say we have a huge role to play in helping people understand the respect of inclusivity for everyone. Mm. And that uh, as our colleges and universities are the most diverse in the entire state, we have a role to play in making sure that we talk about civility, we talk about engagement, we talk about underserved individuals, and we bring that to the light so that everyone can play in that marketplace, building an economy, having their jobs that are going to sustain their family and grow as a region. So I think you're going to see uh, continued leadership right here with our institutions in that space. Hmm. Let's finish this where we began it with the personal. And uh, let's give each of you a chance to uh, think about uh, maybe an especially warm or friendly memory, if you have any, of, of your <laughs> encounters with President Brian Albrecht over these last few years. Uh, Chancellor Ford. Oh, I have so many, but I'll go fast, right? So I think uh, there are so many memories. So, Brian, thank you. I think one of my favorite ones was when uh, one of your predecessors left, and we had um, sweatshirts made, Parkway and Gateside. I remember that. I still have my sweatshirt. I do, too. And so that was a lot of fun. And uh, I think the other one was when we had 20 inches of snow in Kenosha, and I had to call Brian and said, what are you doing? He says, well, nobody can get in and get on the road, so we're closing. And I'm like, nobody's ever closed UW Parkside. I said, but I guess I will because you will. So that was a great one. And then I think the other thing that's probably – we talk about our work together as higher ed leaders, right? We talk about our work together in the higher ed regional alliance but another place that we come together is all of us have leadership roles with the Mahone Fund Mm. and the work with that we do in this community to lift up diversity equity and inclusion and to support the legacy of Arthur and Mary Lou Mahone um, with the Mahone family it doesn't get any better for that and my heart just swells Uh, when I think about it that's a great memory (laughs) it gives me warmth just to think about Mm. it too the the years that we've emceed those events together we've had so much fun just bantering back and forth and you could tell the audience and the community appreciated our friendship through that so thank you debbie that's very kind i just saw tim mahone at supper last night i hope he's listening or i hope he gets to listen (laughs) oh we'll both we'll all three send him the link oh very good (laughs) all right president swallow well there are so many and i'm thinking of times simply where we we are just standing near each other uh could be the ray mac event that was at uw parkside or it could be uh, other events um, in town um but what i will remember most brian is that you're serious, and yet you always have such good humor. Always. You're always uh, saying something pleasant or nice or maybe a, a joke, even at my expense. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's always in the right spirit. And so it's always uplifting the event, uh, even if you're not on stage, just to stand next to you. And so that's what I'm going to remember. Oh, you're very kind. I, I, just, I remember you invited us, all of us, our spouses, to your home yes, when you first right. came here. We had a wonderful dinner, and it was just a way to – get to know each other, and just that outward expression of, of friendship and camaraderie, and, you know, we're all in it together, and that's just really special yeah. and unique, and I, I would agree in the beginning, you don't see that everywhere. Debbie and John have been just pillars behind helping everything that we've been able to accomplish here at Gateway. Always we stand together at every event. Uh, it's so important that our community recognizes the fact that you know, we have a, an, one institution of higher education and includes three different elements, right? Mm. That's the only difference there. And their investments and in support and encouragement and helping people understand that their first choice ought to be one of the institutions in southeast Wisconsin um, because they can get, you know, great education, but also it can help build and sustain the communities in which they all want to prosper. So mm. I want to thank both of you for that friendship. Mm. 
Thank you. And I want to thank all three of you for uh, always bringing your A-game to the morning show. I mean, uh, you're all three such passionate and articulate uh, people who care about the world and the community and uh, education, which is, of course, a great adventure for everybody or should be. And so I thank you that you make time in your busy schedules uh, for the morning show and especially grateful that we could have all three of you together in the room uh, to share all of these uh, wonderful memories and all of your thoughts. So my warm thanks to Chancellor Deborah Ford from the University of Wisconsin Parkside and President John Swallow from Carthage College, where I teach. And, of course, uh, President Brian Albrecht, who uh, just had to rock across the hall to be here, but we nevertheless appreciate that and look forward to a dwindling number of further morning show visits that we'll have from you. But today was, of course, extra special. Thank you for making it happen. Very good. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you.